On this episode, I sit down with Mr. Michael Frickson to discuss sustainability and environmental policy at the city level, specifically the Emerging Sustainability and Climate Action Plan, as well as the Greenville Comprehensive Plan. We talk about the various stages of policy development, from the initial ideation to action, and the collaboration that occurs between various committees, including community input, all the way up to city council. Environmental sustainability can be incorporated and enforced across all different types of organizations and corporations, and it was so interesting to me to hear the unique ways Greenville's government is structured and is incorporating sustainability goals and initiatives. Thank you very much for joining me. Today we have Mr. Michael Frickson. He works as the sustainability coordinator for um, the city of Greenville in the city manager's office. Thanks, Chloe. I'm glad to be here with you. So first, introduce yourself and talk a little bit more about your roles and responsibilities with the city of Greenville. Absolutely. My name is uh, Michael Frickson. I've been here in working for the city for coming up on about three years now. Started off in the planning and zoning office, worked down there helping to approve a bunch of development permits, uh, sign permits, worked with the planning commission. That was probably my, my biggest responsibility down there. So meeting with all the developers, with property owners as, as they wanted to maybe subdivide or, or change the use of their property. They'd come in and meet with the planning staff, and many of those cases had to go before the planning commission for approval. It was also when I first had my first involvement with the GBL 2040 comprehensive plan. That's the comprehensive plan for the city setting its developments and and land use goals and priorities over the next 20 years. So then about a year and a half ago, I transitioned up to, to the city manager's office and was designated as the sustainability coordinator for the city. I work with the Green Ribbon Advisory Committee and am also the point person for a lot of the sustainability projects, clean energy and whatnot that come along. It's a unique opportunity. I really appreciate our city manager, John McDonough, allowing me to serve in this position. And the great thing about being in a position like this in the city manager's office is sustainability really reaches across, you know, all departments of the city and all of its operations. Previously, it was kind of housed within Parks and Rec, but being in the city manager's office, it really allows you to have, you know, a full comprehension of what's going on across the city and across all the different departments. And I mean, there can be sustainability initiatives and everything from Parks and Rec to public works to planning, even IT could be, Mm -hmm. you know, included in some of these efforts. That's kind of about my uh, position here. Before this, I worked at a council of governments in Southeast Tennessee, and uh, had the opportunity there to work with a bunch of local planning commissions, county commissions, um, really focusing in on a lot of rural areas and, and smaller communities. It was really valuable and rewarding experience working with those smaller communities, just simply some of their challenges are unique and different from what a larger city like Greenville is going through. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the magnitude kind of of what you're working with, much bigger role, like you said, sustainability objectives can be incorporated across all departments. So is the sustainability coordinator a new role that came with you or was that already there? 
How has the sustainability objectives at the city kind of been formed and developed as you've been in the role and beforehand? I don't know a whole lot about the history of this particular position. I don't know that there was a specific sustainability coordinator or sustainability director before now. There's been quite a bit of restructuring and some of the turnover in staff over the last two to five years means that there's just been a lot of uh, transition and people stepping into new roles. What I can say is the, uh, the city's Green Ribbon Advisory Committee has been around, say, since 2011. They were appointed to advise city council on matters related to clean energy and carbon reduction, but they've been focusing on all areas of sustainability for quite some time now. The city has provided the staff support for the Green Ribbon Advisory Committee, which we call GRAC. And their current chair, Aaron Barr, has been fantastic and provided a lot of leadership over the years. And he's, he's coming off the board, so I'm going to have to find a new uh, <laughs> chairman coming up at the end of the summer. Be really excited, you know, to, to work with a new person and see, you know, what they've got in mind for that role. Is the Sustainability and Climate Action Plan one of the main projects of the Green Ribbon Advisory Committee? So they've got a document that they put together in 2018 called Greener Green Bill, and that's got some goals and some priorities set forth, which is on the GRAC website right now. And that actually is, is probably you know, a good template for where the city has focused its sustainability efforts in previous years. Then they've done some other efforts related to waste reduction and clean energy that come out of that report. So I would say that there is an action plan out there right now. So this upcoming sustainability plan, we want to formalize a lot of those and get some additional community input, update some of those goals and objectives. We have the new city manager who's been here since 2018. Parks and Rec and some of the other city operations have gone through some restructuring and through some staff changes. And there's some new members on our city council where I know um, they're very passionate and concerned about sustainability and specifically related to clean energy and, and carbon reductions. So I think it's an opportune time to update that plan. I think the momentum and the support is there to update the plan and bring that in, in front of city council for their consideration and hopeful approval. I know you say that not much of the logistical planning has been sorted out yet, but do you have some, I guess, groundwork for some of the new goals and visions you see with the updates to it? We're doing a little bit of the literature review right now and taking a look at what other cities have done on the clean energy front uh, and on sustainability. So we're looking at Chattanooga, we're looking at Knoxville, we're looking at Charlotte, Charleston, some other communities. We're trying to look at some peer communities here in South Carolina and in the Southeast United States. A lot of times when we start talking about sustainability goals, we might get sidetracked and shoot you know, for the stars and aspire to what Amsterdam might be doing or what you know, Seattle or Minneapolis are putting out there for goals and recommendations. And it's very ambitious. And there's some wonderful models out there. And some of the cutting edge stuff is happening in those big urban settings and, and even internationally. So it's very important that we look at those and I would say are informed by them. 
But when it comes to putting an implementable framework together, we really like to see other communities here in the Southeast are doing. I think in some ways we want to be more ambitious than what some of them are doing, but you know, making sure that we stay grounded and rooted in what's actually feasible and implementable. And you know, there's other considerations too. What can our city council support? What can we do with the city's limited financial resources? And there's lots of pressure and competition for those limited resources for sustainability. You know, some of those investments can help save money in the long run, but you have to make that initial investment. And has lots of infrastructure needs, lots of other staffing challenges and whatnot. And we're trying to you know, make sure that basic operations are met um, on any given year. It's interesting how you talked about the literature review process, because I think of that very much as like the first step of like a scientific report. I'm an environmental science major, so I have to write lots of those. It's interesting about how that kind of similar structure is even at the public administration level too. Yeah. And some of the plants, I'm trying to remember which city it is. It's, it's somewhere out of the north. They've structured their plan to provide that scientific backing behind, you know, that kind of pie in the sky, uh, you know, end goal. And then they've dialed it back in terms of their actual action steps as to, well, what can we do today and in the near future to begin actually making progress on some of these things? So we may see some of that integrated into our plan moving forward. Yeah, I feel like with a lot of environmental policies, there's there's need for the scientific background of it all and, and the statistics and the hard data to show that these are pressing issues, these are relevant issues, and to communicate that across different levels of administration. I was wondering if you could walk me through a little bit about the policy development process. You mentioned that you have to present the sustainability and climate action plan to city council. What are the steps beyond there? After it gets approved, is there rewriting, redrafting process, and then follow up to ensure that the policies are enforced? We will work. We've actually got a Furman Sustainability Fellow that will be working with us this summer to do an update of our carbon emissions inventory and do some other research. And we envision working with Furman and the Shy Sustainability Institute on developing this plan. Now, there will be plenty of opportunity for public involvement and input. We'll be doing this in, you know, uh, with transparency. The Green Ribbon Advisory Committee will be involved in, they'll actually be the steering committee for this project. This will eventually lead to you know, a draft plan being put together and we'll have some of those policy recommendations or action steps in there. And uh, we'll put that out for public review and comments. Ultimately, we'll be looking for a recommendation from GRAC. And after that, it'll be presented to the city council for, for their review and, and their adoption. So once that happens, we'll begin seeing how that gets implemented within the city's operations. That'll provide the guidance and the direction on future sustainability projects or initiatives that the city can pursue. Really, it's the framework for staff and for our city departments in terms of what the city council is asking us to do with regards to sustainability. So in terms of the policy setting, it'll come you know, directly from our city council at the end of the day. And what is the timeline for these things, like a year, five years? We envision the plan development stage and writing to happen over the course of the summer and the fall. And then hopefully by the winter or, or sometime early next year, 
we'll be in a position to take it to city council for for their review and adoption. Uh, that's that's the plan today. Now, <laughs> there's, <laughs> Who knows? Uh, there's uh, that that comes with you know there's lots of things that compete for our time these days. This past year, the COVID pandemic really put a halt to a lot of progress that was going on across different organizations here in Greenville with the city itself. A lot of programs that rely on our accommodations and hospitality tax industry took a major hit. It was really sad, just the impacts this past year. So hopefully, you know, we'll be moving for good out of the pandemic and that won't be a major inhibiting factor anymore. But that's our current plan and our current timeline is, you know, to try to get something done over the next uh, probably eight months or so. The previous episodes have been kind of around Unity Park. I was doing some research about how hospitality really took a toll with COVID. And when first priority is health, tourism and fun, that tanks and sustainability objectives tank. I think it's really inspiring to see how Greenville is really picking up again. Unity Park is set to open in about a year. And then with this plan too, I think that's really inspiring. Absolutely. It's something to look forward to. And you're right, even with Unity Park, the city took a pause to see, Mm -hmm. you know, what the financial shape of the city was going to be with the uh, hospitality tax collections. I'm not mistaken, that's a big source of the revenues for that project. They took a 90-day pause, our city council did, um, before giving the full green light to move forward with that. And that project's really exciting. There's a bunch of great environmental benefits coming to the Reedy River, preservation of open space, removal of tons and tons of contaminated soil, which will go to uh, licensed landfills that are able to accept and, and keep that and protect that from leaching back into the environment. And then there's numerous other social benefits that will come out of that project. Everything, you know, from new affordable housing opportunities to greatly expanded recreational opportunities, you know, for families. It's a public park. So, you know, there's no admission fee. It'll be a a welcoming place for all. So the city is, is really excited about this project. Yeah, we've had two episodes, one with Trees Upstate and one with Greenville Housing Fund. And I'm so inspired by how holistic the project is and how many different considerations that are going into it. I'm really excited to see the outcome of it. One day, I think the current completion date is February 2022. And when that finally gets here, you'll be able to hop on a bike from Furman's campus. Yes, ride down Swamp Rapid. The last big question or topic I wanted to talk about was the Greenville 2040 plan and a little bit how GRAC is involved in that, the sustainability and climate action plan is involved in that, and just a little bit more about the um, environmental and sustainability objectives within it. Yeah, absolutely. GBL 2040 is the city's comprehensive plan. It sets out the vision really for Greenville over the next 20 years. The big three priorities that came out of that plan are affordable housing, transportation, and traffic relief, and then open space preservation and the environment. So the community here of Greenville and the the stakeholders that really helped shape and draft that plan, environmental sustainability was one of their big focal points, uh, which is really exciting. The chairperson for GRAC, Aaron Barr, was a member of the steering committee for GBL 2040. So they had a representation and uh, were able to help craft that conversation and that document. And that's been adopted by our city council at this point. 
They've adopted what's called a consistency resolution, stating that essentially with their budgets and with their council actions moving forward, they're going to do everything that they can to remain committed to the plan and only do things that are consistent with GBL 2040. We're seeing some of that take place already. One of the first big steps, and this will be a really huge project for the city, is a total update to our zoning ordinance and our land development code. And that's going to lay the foundation for this uh, nodes and corridors development strategy that's envisioned in GBL 2040. The sustainability plan that we're talking about today is directly in line with that plan. And we've heard even in our preliminary conversations that we want all of these plans to be talking to each other. And separately from environmental sustainability, there's going to be an economic development strategy that'll be launching later this spring, I think. They're going to try to get started. That'll coincide, you know, with all these other plans that we're doing and really try to get some momentum going on implementation with GBL 2040. Yeah, I have the website open right now. There's just so many objectives that are aligning. I think the sustainability donut model and it's just hitting, hitting the nail on the head. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I learned a lot. I hope our listeners have learned a lot today too. Thank you so much.